0: This is A-State Connections on KASU. I'm Jonathan Reeves. This is the weekly segment called A-State Connections and Create at State, Making Connections That Count. In this episode, I talked to four faculty members at Arkansas State University who've conducted research together and recently presented virtually at the Mid-South Educational Research Association. Their presentation was titled, Diversifying the profession, educational leaders of color in online graduate programs. Dr. Latuela Knowlton, Dr. Timberly Baker, Dr. Kimberly Davis, and Dr. Audrey Bowser are professors in education and worked on the research together. Dr. Bowser starts the interview by telling more about the research.
1: We, um, each one of us, are working with a large scale distance students and we began to notice that a number of students of color were enrolled in graduate programs so we began to think about the question does online degree attainment is has it become more accessible to students of color and could this be an avenue by which we train recruit and retain more teachers of color in the field which would be a very important um, topic of conversation for us especially as we deal with the mismatch of teachers in the field and students in the field so we wanted to look at a study that looked at ways um, that online learning could actually support that theory.
0: Dr. Bowser, thank you for that. Tell us about how long have y'all been working on this project?
1: <laughs> this idea was birthed last year at this exact time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just in conversation mm-hmm. and it turned into, that's a topic that we really need to explore because If online uh, programs help expand access, um, then that could be a motivator. And each Mm -hmm. of us are very passionate about the topic and very um, committed to making sure that we increase teacher diversity. Mm -hmm. Especially when you think about, there's lots of anecdotal um, evidence in the research that supports, there's a significant benefit for students in diverse populations, when they have teachers that are representative of who they are.
0: And yeah. uh, tell us about, um, well, I'm sorry, was someone else going to uh, come in on this? Um, tell us what have y'all what has been, everybody's role in this research project? Dr. Dr. Knowlton, we'll start with you.
2: Okay. Um, well, my role is kind of like um to take care of the quantitative, the qualitative, I'm sorry, the qualitative methods. So uh this is a mixed method study, which means we have essentially two uh types of ways that we're collecting data. Um so the first phase is the um the quantitative phase, and um basically um Dr. Baker is our, our quantitative guru. Um, but during the quantitative phase we just kind of looked at existing data and um, just existing data that already exists from, initial, from the initial mission process. Uh, Chris uh, Bozeman was very instrumental in helping us uh, gather that data from at least three cycles. I think we started with maybe 2017 okay. 2008, 2019. So we looked at three cycles of existing demographic data to kind of get us started to see if we really did have um, an increase in students of color within um, a specific group of um, graduate degree programs um, within, uh, within our institution. And so that's where we started with the quantitative data and um, we um, are preparing uh, to collect the qualitative data and that's where um, I come in. Uh, we are preparing to kind of take sort of a, a random sample of the students um, who um, have already been enrolled in 100% online degree programs through A-State. And um, the um, what we intend to do is conduct um, interviews. My structured interview questions, and just kind of to see um, what they think about um, how the access that online education provides. So yeah, that's that's kind of where we are um, with the process. It's not completely uh, finished, but we are in the process of collecting our second stage of data. Yeah,
3: much like Dr. Knowlton um, discussed, you know, that when um, looking at the quantitative piece, it was really you know as Dr. Bowser said we all were like oh we're noticing some things here and so how do we begin to dig into what this really is not mean right and so in terms of us seeing it but then also saying okay well where's the data to back that up and so uh, in contrast to our undergraduate programs and in contrast to programs overall in the country which you know eight, you may not know but about 80% of all educators are uh, white females and um, so what we saw was that uh, roughly 20 ish percent of our students were not did not identify in that demographic and so that sort of keyed us to this important Potential for examining this in ways that may say, "How well? How do we? How are we contributing to uh, educators being more diverse in terms of gender and race, um, and um, and then also in terms of what our programs are likely to be able to do? Because in these large-scale programs, I don't know if you know much about them, Jonathan, but we have thousands of students in many of our large-scale programs, so we're talking about a lot of folks." Um, And so that's really significant in terms of how we begin to think about how universities can use this data and information in order to adequately pursue and to retain students um, of color because we know both nationally and statewide, these are necessary areas and gaps in both the leadership aspect of educators and also in the classroom too.
0: Dr. Davis.
4: Yes, and even more so just looking at um, just the purpose of the research. And to make sure that we are not only addressing what is out in the field, but we're also looking at our accreditation. So we are accredited by CAPE, which stands for the Council for the Accreditation of Educator Preparation. And with that in mind, we have to make sure that we are purposely recruiting diverse candidates into the program that meet the employment needs of our P-12 through schools. And so with that in mind, we think about so many different students in the field and of color, of, you know, that of all different uh, colors, uh, race, ethnicity, but there are only Caucasian white female teachers in the classroom. And so with that in mind, um, we see a drastic shortage of students of color wanting to go into the field of education. Mm -hmm. And I go back and I think about my own personal reasons of wanting to go into the field. And it was because someone inspired me. I was inspired by a teacher. But if there are no teachers of color in the field, who's inspiring the teachers to go into the field? So we have to make sure that we, have, that we diversify the field of education to ensure that we have uh, students who look like them, and the, teachers who look like them in the field. And I think it's important that we also look at um, over-identification of students of color into programs such as special education and under-identification of students of color in gifted and talented programs. And we're not going to go into detail about some of the findings of our research, but our research shows that the mismatch is directly related to that. And so we'll talk about that at another time. But just to yeah. let you all know that it directly correlates. Yeah.
3: Very yeah. good. Our data Dr. definitely Bowser. supports I'm that sorry. idea. I was just saying our data definitely supports what Dr. Yes. Just said about you know, special education and gifted and talented programming. Yes, absolutely.
0: Dr. Bowser?
1: In terms of one of the areas that we also want to make sure that we remain vigilant about is to help look at ways in which the technology could also be a risk, Yeah, And, and that's as Dr. Knowlton said, that's one of the reasons why we wanna have that focus interview um, yeah. session is because we wanna be able to hone in on some of those uh, ways in which the technology supports As well as, are there ways in which we, as the um, professors, could help and assist with any barriers that they may face? Right. Because out of this research, we were beginning to notice that one of the groups that is already at a disadvantage that we are... We really wanna think about our African-American males. They Mm -hmm. seem to also be at an even more advantage with the online learning attrition rate as well, Mm -hmm. due to lack of academic preparation in, in this area. So there are a lot of factors that we hope to, that will come out of this, but for us, we want to make sure that we're doing everything we possibly can to grow our program and then out of that to have successful graduates of color. All
4: graduates
1: as well.
0: (laughs) Are there certain factors that play into why there's not more people of color who are you know, either enrolling or those kinds of things. Uh, I, I know that the overall goal is just to make sure that we have more diversity in the classroom for, for te- you know, for students by way of, of teacher diversity. But is there, are there specific factors that may be causing uh, people to maybe not go and not enroll in these? If you know what I'm trying to ask.
3: Yeah. So, but, I, oh, uh, go so, ahead. I, so I think one of the, challenges to doing this type of work is sort of making um, generalizations about why particular groups of individuals don't pursue certain career paths. Mm -hmm. Um, And much of that is informed, and we've had this discussion, you know, is informed historically as well. And so one thing that we can't ignore in terms of um, educators and teacher education is, and something that's really significant to me in terms of my passion area around education as well, is that, um, Jonathan, we have to remember that there's a point in history where teachers of color, specifically African-Americans, was were rift across the board out of education as a professional field when desegregation happened and integration happened, where you had a large class of African-American educators who then lost their jobs when integration happened because they maintained white teachers, but did not hire African-American teachers into those schools. And that creates this moment in history where you have a shift in the profession, where um, you're sort of uninvited to be in this space, right? Um, In really significant ways. And we haven't been able to, uh, to move past that in the types of numbers that we need. And as we see a resegregation of schools in this country, uh, some would argue that they're more segregated today than they were in the 50s. And so we see this resegregation of schools. And again, another need for these large populations of um, teachers of color, but because of the historical ramifications of that, you have a generation or two of people who teaching is not a viable or stable career path even though one of the narratives around teaching is that it's a viable and stable career path <laughs> but but it's a viable and stable career path what we see across time is for generally white middle class women and so we're trying to really examine how do we begin to think of, to to shift the narrative so that more educators of color do find that it is a, it is a, a very positive and possible um, professional and career path for them, uh, despite the unfortunate nature of what history has dealt us in terms of um, integration being to the deficit of this professional class of individuals. And so that's one major piece that um, some often gets ignored in the research and literature mm-hmm. around how we understand what's happening in this moment and the necessity of uh, educators of color. Yeah. And you
1: should hear us when we're all together. We yes. have rich discussions about the whys, exactly yeah. what you said. So if you ask us, we have all kinds of answers. For Absolutely. You. This is something I- that we are... So passionate about because we see this as our time to take action as leaders in the field to become courageous and effective advocates. Yes. To remedy these this racial injustice yes. and to look for ways in which we can support educational equity in our schools. Yes. It's very important. Each of us have been classroom teachers, and mm-hmm. so we understand that those educational disparities exist in all across learning mm-hmm. environments. Mm-hmm. So this, this is our opportunity
2: to make a difference. Well, I, think, I think the beauty in finding that um, accessibility uh, for students of color through online um, education is growing is a plus. Uh, mm-hmm. You know there's lots of literature, uh, you talked about factors uh, about online education because of price, uh, because of accessibility, uh, admission and even um, pedagogical effect, aff- efficiency. Some people prefer um, the technology as opposed to the face-to-face. But uh, the beauty of this is seeing that um, it, the accessibility piece. What's good about A-State is there's a streamlined process for the admission for the admission um, here at A-State. So uh, there's uh, AOS to support. 100 um, percent online. Uh, there's so many things that support professors uh, here um, that I think the
4: online process uh, is, makes it easier. Yeah, Right. And I just kind of wanted to also talk about, I know we talked about teachers, but I also want to talk about administrators. Absolutely. And that's something that our research has also kind of looked into was there are a large number of African-American women Mm-hmm. Um, in the educational leadership programs sure. and completing the educational leadership programs. However, if you look across the state of Arkansas, there are very few principals or teachers of color in um, building level or superintendent positions across yeah. the state. So there is another disparity that we're also faced with. So we are as a Arkansas state meaning, meaning that we. Uh, Arkansas State is producing highly qualified teachers of color and highly qualified administrators. But the problem is, are they being employed? Yeah. And that answer is no. Yeah. Those teachers are remaining in the classroom and not being employed. So that's another issue that we definitely have to talk about uh, because we also need leaders, diverse leaders of color, diverse leaders in all schools. That's another issue that we definitely want to um, bring out.
0: Why is that so important? If you don't mind, please.
3: Well, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, representation in um, yeah. in any field or area That's matters it. in terms of who you believe and see yourself capable of being, right? Mm-hmm. And so, um, both in terms of the. Um, the leadership aspect teachers so if we're going to have more teachers then we need students to see that teaching is a viable option if we're going to have more leaders we need teachers to see that leadership is a viable option um and so having people in those roles is critically important in order to do that but we also know there's shortages Mm -hmm. so it also is it's challenging because you have this shortage of teachers, you have a shortage of administrators, you know, we have these areas that clearly need more folks. Um, However, you know, unfortunately, there are systemic issues in this country that are racial, that Mm -hmm. have um, diminished the ability for some people to access those spaces. And it's to the detriment of everyone when we're not actually filling those roles, not because there aren't people available to do so but also um, because those systemic issues are blocking folks from being able to access that in meaningful ways. The other thing we know is that when there's a diversity of people, cultures, backgrounds, experiences, we have um, a better plethora of how to educate our students because the ways in which we connect with students also comes from being, is relational. And so sometimes those relationships begin with similarities and characteristics, and then we can find the other things that also, connect us so it's not to diminish that you know non that that those who are not teachers of color or educators of color Mm -hmm. are not effective with students of color however uh let's be clear that uh, much of connection happens from a point beginning from a point of similarity and in this country in the united states of america one of our immediate points of similarity has to do with skin color And so that that visual representation, good, bad or indifferent, is really important for how we begin to grow the field, both as some students becoming teachers and teachers becoming administrators, building administrators, becoming superintendents. And even in the professorate, right, um, as well, because much of that trajectory starts there, too. And so that's why it's also important. I imagine that the majority of people, and this is true across any profession, Became that profession because they knew someone who was that profession, right? Who did that job, who was in that role. And so, um, and they had a connection to them in a meaningful way. And so, um, that's why it's also important.
0: We're talking to Dr. Timberly Baker, also Dr. Kimberly Davis, uh, Dr. Audrey Bowser, and Dr. La, uh, Latwela Knowlton uh, here on the Created State podcast on KASU. So, uh, I'm interested, I know that we can't get into every aspect of the study, but uh, by way of Uh, kind of go into a little bit about, um, you know, how many people that you, that you've been, uh, you know, using as a sample size, kind of what you hope will, uh, you know, what you hope comes next out of the research, you know, those kinds of things I'm really curious about.
3: Yeah. So our initial sample for, um, the quantitative phase was actually all students who were enrolled in our graduate degree programs. um, 2017 2018 and 2019 and so we have um 13 i think licensure program or programs let me say it that way, graduate programs um, in Arkansas State in our School of Education. And we actually are the largest producers of online education uh, for Arkansas State as well. And I think that's important note noting for us to celebrate too, yes. um, because <laughs> we get this great opportunity to be looking at large swaths of our graduate student population for the entire university as well. And so... Um, So that was our sample, was all students who were enrolled in those years and looking at their racial, gender program demographics across those years. And um, our largest programs have um, a significant number of students. You know, we have a program that has over 6,000 students in it and um, across those years. And so those types of numbers, right, are very um, impactful, in terms of the number of students that we're producing right or potentially producing um, across the years for our uh, for our program so for example across in 2017 across all of our programs we had six thousand one hundred and eleven students uh, that's a significant number and uh, across the years that we looked at there's no less than about fifty 5, 5, nine hundred students in any given year Wow and that yeah. And so and that's a total of students. But as we look at students of color, um, we're roughly at about twelve hundred stu- of that six hundred and six thousand and seven, et cetera. About twelve hundred of them are students of color. And that's important because that's also a much higher percentage of the overall student population than any other college within the Arkansas State, um, uh, within Arkansas State. So. That piece is also important to look at and think and thinking about it in terms of um, the demographic importance of that. Overwhelmingly, we see more African American students in our um, programs than any other racial or ethnic category. But then from there, we actually see American Indian, Alaskan Native mm-hmm. as our secondary area, and then two or more races with. Um, with Hispanic or Latino being our lowest number of um, students of color who are in and across our programs. And um, those are all areas that need further examination too, right? So as we talk about students of color, while significantly our numbers are African-American, which in many ways historically and Arkansas contextually makes sense, right? But there's also these other um, areas of racial categorization that also uh, we can attend to in terms of thinking about recruitment and uh, retention we saw our highest numbers of students in our principal licensure program, which is a specialist degree. And then we saw our um, uh, our lowest number in our specialist degree for gifted and talented programs. back to what Dr. Davis said in terms of um, how students are seeing our representation in folks as well. So we have large numbers to look at um, as well as, um, you know, higher percentages of students of color than the other programs across the university. And that gives us a a significant advantage in really trying to deconstruct and understand what potentially we can do that will support our students, that will support recruitment and especially retention because we want these students to complete and go be dynamic and awesome in their respective professional spaces. So I hope that answered your question.
0: (laughs) Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, how can Arkansas State or other universities take information from this and use it to recruit more students of color uh, to be able to get more people of color into into the classroom?
4: I think that it's important that recruitment is purposeful, that you go out and you try to match the needs of the schools in order to recruit. But recruitment is only just a small process, a, a portion of that. I think retainment is what we have to focus on and also making sure that these individuals are employed in the schools. So recruitment, again, is only such a small portion of that. You have to make sure that these individuals are retained in the program so that they successfully complete the program and meet all licensure needs and are actually employed in the schools, in leadership roles. And I think that's where the
2: quantitative data comes into play. Mm-hmm. Right, so um, now that the the quanti- the, quali- the quantitative piece has identified that Arkansas State is doing something right yeah. in some programs there are a significant number of people of color um, who are enrolled in these programs so that 's where the qualitative piece comes in. We want to ask them uh, why here what what was it about this online degree program that drew you to it? Was it uh, the admission process was it accessibility was it um, the fact that uh, the price, what was it that Arkansas State is doing that's right? And maybe we can mimic these things and use these factors uh, for recruitment and other things like that to, um, to make sure the programs that are doing this and doing it right are mirrored in other programs that kind of meet that push uh, that we've identified in the research where
3: um, students of color aren't as prevalent. So I think some of that is forthcoming in terms of how we help other institutions right. to examine it. We found, oh, we're doing something right. Oh, yes. let's look at this. Yes, before. let's do it. <laughs> in it. Okay. This yes.
0: Yes. yes. Was there anything in the study that surprised you all?
3: Yes. So, so something that surprised me as soon as I saw it, I'm like texting the group, um, <laughs> was um We we know that education is a highly feminine and female-dominated profession, but um, in contrast to that, many administrators are male, which Mm -hmm. that doesn't quite make sense based on the number of females that are in the profession itself and are... um, Our uh, programs are also highly female dominated, but one of our programs almost had no males in it. And we were, I was surprised when I saw it, that that was the case because these are all graduate programs. So they, uh, The majority of them lead to a licensure, meaning some other administrative role is possible for you as a result of getting this particular degree. So that was really surprising that we had um, a program that almost had zero males in certain years, uh, which was, yeah, just like, wait a minute, what? You know, so... uh, (laughs) So that was the case, and uh, that was one of the things that surprised us most. Much of the information that we looked at was sort of confirmation of what we either had seen anecdotally or sort of observed ourselves, um, so I think that was the, at least for me, that was the one thing that was, like, very surprising uh, as we started digging into our our data, because it was in contrast to some of our own experiences, but also our expectations for what's happening in terms of males. And, um, and then as Dr. Davis already alluded to around this issue of um, not just specific to our data, but the number of females of color who are in these administrative relationship programs who are successfully completing, but we don't see that mimicked in the field. So we know they're finishing, what's happening to them once they finish. You know, We know that they're enrolled and completing, but why aren't they? And we don't have this answer, but these are the things that are coming up, right? Why aren't they um, being reflective of, um, of the many female, females of color that we see who, are, who have licensure, who, who have done all those things, but, but um, don't have access to the jobs or et cetera, that, um, that they should be um, viable candidates for, but for some reason are not uh, getting them.
0: Right. I really appreciate you all today. Thank you so much for being part of the podcast. Before we let you run, I want to give everyone an opportunity to add anything. Dr. Knowlton, I'll start with you. Anything else you would like to add, please?
2: Uh, no, uh, this is great, great work. Uh, I'm excited to be here. I'm excited about what Arkansas State is doing. I'm excited about what's to come, and um, that's about it.
0: Thank you so much, Dr. Knowlton. I really appreciate you. Dr. Davis, anything else you'd like to add, please?
4: I just want to say, and I think everyone feels the same, but this is my why. Um, We want to make sure that we're impactful, that we're making a difference in the lives of the children, because of course, we love our candidates in the program, but our focus is on our K-12 students and making sure that their needs are fulfilled.
0: Dr. Davis, thank you. Dr. Bowser?
1: And I feel like this is our moral imperative that we make sure that all of our students across all of our programs are successful and that we wanna create those culturally neutral experiences in an online environment for them since that's our avenue of teaching. And so we are very, very dedicated to this area of research and we hope out of it that many others will be able to learn from it and grow their own programs in this way. Absolutely.
0: Dr. Bowser, thank you. Dr. Baker, please.
3: Yeah, so as the newest to the group, meaning um, I've been at Arkansas State the least amount of time, and this is the start of my second year, Um, one thing that's super exciting to me is to be able to work with these other dynamic and fabulous African-American women who are doing such great work. You know, as a collective, we are amazing. As individuals, we are dynamic. And... um, And so, um, so that's been really good, but also just sort of as Dr. Bowser alluded to these conversations that we're having are really meaningful too. And, and I think us working together in this way is another demonstration of the necessity and power and, um, Um, and importance of having a diversity of folks, right? Being able to examine these particular Mm -hmm. topics, taking interest in them, looking at them, and that's not to say that others are necessarily ignoring this area, but I think our perspective that we bring and our desire to really see change in terms of K-12 educators and um, in our programs and how to ensure that they're successful, Um, is a passion point for each of us individually and so much more when we bring our collective energies, our individual energies together in a collective uh, and the importance of the communal work that can just create dynamic change and support for our students and others. And so that's been really um, exciting for me in doing this work as well.
0: And you heard from professors in education, Dr. Latuela Knowlton, Dr. Timberly Baker, Dr. Kimberly Davis, and Dr. Audrey Bowser about the research diversifying the profession, educational leaders of color in online graduate programs. Well, to hear more interviews like this one, you can subscribe to the Created State podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever you get your podcasts. And take KASU with you wherever you go. You can listen to podcast segments on the KASU app. And also tell others about the Created State Podcast and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts as we'd love to hear from you. You're listening to A-State Connections on KASU, streaming live at KASU.org.